a Lifetime original podcast. I'm in a hat. I'm in an SBF over 40. I know. Every day. I'm in an SBF 40 sitting here in front of my computer looking at you. <laughs> I love a Lifetime movie. He said, I went straight from jail to the birth of my first child. It's never too early to realize dangers all around you. Maybe it's a raccoon. Maybe it's a mouse. Maybe it's a pregnant woman living in your house. I'm sorry. I am not breaking and entering with your pregnant ass. This man hawks geraniums for a living. I don't know how y'all didn't see this woman. Because she been out here this whole time. You got the keys to the castle, honey. <laughs> the only uh, question I haven't been able to answer is why you waited so long to off the mistress. Was it because you couldn't decide which one to keep? Hmm? Maybe the wife was getting on your nerves. Hey, shut up about my wife! Do you understand me? Don't say another word about her! Look how easy it is for you to froth at the mouth, huh? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of I Love a Lifetime Movie. I am one of your hosts, Naomi Ekberrigan, here with one of my favorite people. I gotta say, I'm truly addicted to her. It's gotten dark, especially because she now has a mouth to feed. Megan Gailey, how are you? It's nice to um, for you to even say that because I came into, you know, our little podcast waiting room with a barrel of negative energy. <laughs> so, so did I, though. And I think that's okay. why we're so well-suited. We're vibing. Because we're totally vibing even when we're negative. I almost texted you before and was like, Megan, we need to keep this tight. Get the show on the road. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, because, see, I came in late and with negative energy, so I didn't even, I'm so selfish, I didn't even check in with you. <laughs> you and our beloved new producer, Julie, is gone, you guys. Julie's gone. Naomi and I got Julie to leave the company. <laughs> no, we um, love her and miss her and um, are, are thrilled to be in the strong, kind hands of Aisha, but Julie has left the building. Well, I do think perhaps, you know, Megan, because I said I, I felt like, you know, you did come in with, you said you had negative energy, but you came in ready to record. And I wondered yeah. if that because now it's me and Aisha, you're outnumbered as a white woman. And so now you're going to mind your P's and Q's. Oh, you know, <laughs> that's very interesting. When I gave birth, where, listen, I'll bring it back to me and my labor. Um, <laughs> now, you know, I had a black doctor, uh -huh. black female yes. doctor. Um, and then I had a black female nurse who was that. part of the labor. Mm -hmm. And so those were the two touchstones for me outside of my husband and my mom. Um, so a United Nations of help uh, going on. That's gorgeous. And I got that baby out in 38 minutes, which is what? very fast. And they both set, well, 16 hours, but 38 minutes of pushing. And my black female doctor and black female nurse were like, wow, that was impressive. <laughs> and that is something I will hold near and dear yeah, to my heart absolutely. for the rest of my life. Right, right. You've done it. I think Black women help me rise to my own occasion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They help you be the best, right? Which is what, you know, that is the magical Negro in action. That is the help. That yeah. is, you know, the way that you can be lifted up. Yeah, because they're... By their you're, strength. You're, so, well, it, it's that. And it's also like, Megan, you are sitting here with every privilege and opportunity. You better show out or get the f out of here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, well, I was just going to ask what you're feeling negative about. <laughs> oh, no, just like the world, just like life in general slash overwhelm slash, yeah. I mean, it's fine. I'll figure it out. I will say, you know, you did bring up your pregnancy, your delivery, and I think that's actually fitting because the movie oh. we are talking about today is all about a pregnant gal. Mm -hmm. Not one, but two, yes. question mark. It is called... <laughs> And baby will fall. Ooh. Ivy and David Rose are happily married high school sweethearts who are expecting their first child. When they have a yard sale to clear out clutter before the baby arrives, they reconnect with high school classmate Melinda White, who is also pregnant. But when Melinda mysteriously disappears, the Roses become the prime suspects. Wow. Well, well, well. There is a lot going on in this motion picture. We also have some pretty great casting. So you mm -hmm. know what? We're going to get into it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, now this is one of our throwbacks. So this is a classic Lifetime. Even hearing the name, I was like, I know this film. Wait, it is? No, I thought it was recent. No, this is from like a decade ago. (laughs) Well, I did wonder what Clea Duvall was doing. Because it does star Clea Duvall. She's playing a straight woman, too. You know, this is in her period of like, I'll be straight to get a damn part, I guess. (laughs) But always a little unwell. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? She's always giving you like, okay, is she unhinged? This woman's on the brink of something. She's got a dangerous secret. That's Clea Duvall's kind of jam. If you remember her in The Faculty. Oh, my gosh. The Faculty is so good. CJ and I went and watched it like, you know, at that dork theater that I'm sure Andy likes too. The New Beverly? Yes, exactly. Yes, where you do throw, they do throwbacks, yeah. Oh my gosh, the dorks there. <laughs> you see CJ walking with a woman and they're like, ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> the credits come up over an image of a sonogram and then the sound of a baby's heartbeat, but then the heartbeat goes flat. And I said, I'm sorry, what? We are 10 seconds in. I am not ready. But luckily... This is just a dream because we then see a very pregnant woman named Ivy wake up screaming. And her husband, David, who was an actor from the TV show Roswell, R.I.P., the original Roswell on the CW, he calms her down. (laughs) It's happening again. No, no, no. no. You're okay. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. You're okay. It's just a dream. It's just a nightmare. The baby's fine. And she's at that point, too, where if you do start to, like, not feel any movement, there is concern. So it's like Uh, she's monitoring. I'm sure she's highly anxious. You're not able to sleep very well. Ivy's going through a lot. Now, at the onset of this film, it did not clock to me that her name was Ivy Rose. I know, it's too much. Took me about halfway through. They're a very gorgeous couple. And then we see them the next morning. They're doing all of like the getting ready for baby stuff, which, you know, Listeners, I did not do. I, I hired <laughs> yes, you someone. did. You had someone come do it. Yes, I hired someone. I outsourced <laughs> my getting ready. I said, CJ and this mother-daughter duo from the Palisades, hop to it. <laughs> Can you imagine living in the Palisades and having to slum it all the way over to Highland Park <laughs> to get some idiot's baby room ready? I mean, <laughs> wow. Angels they are. So they're having a garage sale. And they're getting out all the stuff from the old owners. That would really annoy me if I bought a house and people just left stuff. That would annoy the crap out of me. Like the whole basement seems to be filled with their old crap. But I will tell you this, though. The house is huge. You guys, this house is three stories, which is I'm I'm like, this woman is very pregnant. How is she even making it up to the top? And yet she's regularly going up and downstairs. It has a dumb waiter. Which mm-hmm. we absolutely love. Yes. But then it's so funny because then when Ivy's talking to her friend Jody, she is, you know, a brunette bestie because Ivy's blonde. So, of course, she has a brunette bestie. And she's like, said she was like nervous about losing the baby. The first thing her friend Jody says is like, Honey, this place is a baby proofing nightmare. All of those stairs and the landings and a dumbwaiter. <laughs> this thing is an accident waiting to happen. And it was just like, Jody, you're not helpful. Like, there's enough going on. She just told you she was nervous, and now you're telling her more things to be worried about. Jody's coming in with my energy today. (laughs) The house is, like, Victorian, you know? Mm -hmm, It's mm -hmm. it's not even, like, a... It's an old throwback with the dumbwaiter. I love a dumbwaiter. I love a male slot. (laughs) I love a laundry chute. Oh, my gosh. I live for those little details. Oh, gosh. Yeah, laundry chute in a house is the dream. Yeah, like, the home... My parents have one. And yeah, it's so fun. You call up there. You got any, you know, and then you see my dad's undies flying at your face. <laughs> <laughs> and you met him in his undies, Naomi. So you're well first. <laughs> yeah. So this one was from 2011, but I'm happy that that didn't even register for it didn't you. didn't register feels, to me. It feels modern. <laughs> it felt modern to me. I was like, okay. And then I thought, Clea Tuval, what are you doing? And I said, they must have spared no expense because Clea's right. not cheap. So then we're in the middle of the garage sale. Like, 
And I'm not good at throwing garage sales. This is like a major skill of my mom's. My mom loves throwing garage sales. Yeah. Did you ever used to watch the Nisi Nash show Clean House? I know of it, but no. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, So they would like go through, clean out. It was like, it was happier hoarders, basically. They would Mm -hmm. go into a house. It would be a catastrophe. They would clean it out, sell all their crap. And then the production would match whatever they made at the garage sale for the house to be redone. Oh, that's nice. With Nisi Nash being fun. Yeah. A a hit. We do have a sweet old meddling neighbor. Yes. And so it's like, yes, thank you. Her name is Mrs. Bindle. She is right out of central casting for like (laughs) nosy neighbor lady. She has a tiny white dog that of course it's like, she should be carrying the dog the whole time, but instead the dog is just like running around. And I'm like, you're gonna you're gonna get underfoot. This dog is like tiny, tiny, like Chihuahua tiny, but it's like a terrier. Yeah, I think Mrs. Bindle probably has arthritis, so she can't be carrying the dog, you know? And so it's <laughs> like, it, it seems like there's an understanding within the neighborhood or the street. Yeah. Like Mrs. Bindle's gonna be all up in your stuff. I'm guessing mm-hmm. she's a widow and the dog is gonna be, and that's just part of the charm. The dog's name is Phoebe. I would like to make sure everyone knows. Okay, dog with a person name, a fresh young. So it's like, I don't even know Mrs. Bindle's first name, but it's like, I'm going to call her, what's, I'll call her Ethel Bindle. Oh my God. See, we are vibing today. Uh, Oh my gosh, we're in an improv scene. So, and Mrs. Bindle does that thing of like, Ivy, you don't have the right place on this. Like, it's not even, like, she's like, she's micromanaging Ivy's garage sale too. And I say, God bless you. Because then Ivy runs into Melinda. Now going by Mindy. And she's very serious about it. I'm Mindy now. And it's like, okay. You're a Melinda. Okay. Because <laughs> the energy is heavy. Yes. Yes, she is. There's a darkness. There's like a, I bet you were Wednesday Adams in the school play and you did not audition. <laughs> I mean, the thing is like, it's funny because she comes up to her and sh- she recognizes her. They both seem to be the same amount of very pregnant. But Ivy doesn't recognize her. Ivy's no. kind of like, Melinda, from high school, yes. <laughs> wow, you look great and and huge, just like me. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. And, but, and then also Melinda tries to touch, or not tries to, she touches Ivy's belly, yeah. which I know is a no-no. You can't do that without ask, asking. But you would also think like, you're pregnant, you're pregnant too. What do you, like, you know that's what it feels belly. like. Yeah. I was like, so that's, you know, it's weird. But then Melinda says her mom used to work at this, the house that they live in now. And then when David comes up, Ivy's husband, you can kind of tell there's a look on yeah. Melinda's face. It's like, oh, she likes him or used Hi, to like David. him. It- <laughs> And and he does, so like Ivy does a very bad job of being like, oh yeah. And David does an even worse job of being like, oh David, uh, you remember Melinda White from high school? Uh, yeah, good to see you. And like you clock that and you're like, this is not going to go well. You exactly, know? exactly. And then basically Melinda is like, oh, I would love to look around the house because, you know, Again, her mom used to work there. She wants to see if it's still the same. And then Ivy is like, David, show her around. I'd be like, yeah. I'm sorry, no. We have a yard sale. You can't yeah. just come up walking through the house. That's what I would say. I know. And she gives her like a glass swan. Yeah, as a gift. As a gift. And it's like, I'm honestly, Ivy, that's not a good, you can't just, this is something you're getting rid of. This is your junk. <laughs> but Melinda Mindy is like, thank you so much. Puts it in her bag. They go on a little tour. We find out later that they made 2K from the yard sale. Right. 2011. Okay, we'll take it. Absolutely. And then Jody and Ivy, they're in the kitchen. And Jody's like, hey, where's your chopping knife, Ivy? Uh, I was there this morning. I had it. Something that I would truly never... Yeah. Notice or have a name for. I could go into my best friend's house and every photo could be taken off the wall and I wouldn't say a thing. <laughs> but to be like, where's this one knife? But you know that's going to come in handy. Exactly. Okay, so we've got... We don't remember this bitch from high school and a missing knife. And we are off to the races. Off to the races. So then at the end, you know, when the yard sale is all over and stuff, uh, their friend, another friend from high school. So this is, again, to be I the know. magic of a lifetime. We've been one of these towns where nobody left. Everybody 10, 20 years after high school still lives there. And their friend Theo comes in. And I'm going to tell you this about Theo, too. 
Theo couldn't come help at the garage sale, no. but he could come right on in here with his yard sign. He's running for a local office and he's got a big sign with his face and he's like, can I put it in your yard? And I already don't like Theo. Yeah. It's like, you ain't a friend who can help people. You won't help the pregnant lady and your bestie move furniture, but you're like, let me advertise myself on your lawn. Nope, nope, nope. Well, and at first I thought maybe Theo and Jody were married. So I'm like, okay, at least a representative from the family is there helping, mm-hmm. even though Jody does Blake. <laughs> and then come to find out they are not married. So Theo truly is just take, 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 take. But speaking of taking and taking and taking, that night Ivy, she's trying to get ready for bed and then she can't find her toothbrush. And I'm like, okay, this is the second thing missing since Mindy, Melinda went looking through the house. And I said, okay, Mm -hmm. a plan is forming. A plan is forming. And there is such a thing as pregnancy brain. And so I think Ivy is fine to just chalk it up to that. I think the husband chalks it up to that though, right? Because she's so anxious this whole time. So then the husband's like, don't worry about it. But to me, I'm like, well, where could a toothbrush go? This is like that movie where a man was living under the woman's bed and just took a right. bite out the apple. And she's like, I must have just left. No, be honest. And the thing is, if a t- toothbrush goes missing and then you find it, new toothbrush anyways. <laughs> you know, that's that's not one that you go, oh, rinse it off, use it. it we don't know what it could have been up to. Exactly. Okay, so we are going down to CVS and we are getting a new one for 99 cents or we are Amazoning one right to our front door. <laughs> because once it is lost and comes back, it is lost still. Yes. The next morning, husband David has a work emergency. He's like, what, like a plumber or a contractor? You know, generic lifetime husband job that involves property. What are you doing? Where are you going? (sighs) To work. But it's Sunday. Yeah, Milan at the Kessler building flooded. I blame him. The sprinklers my guys put in, so... I'm going to go check it out. We then find out he owns like a gardening store. Oh, which yes, he owns I a nursery. Is, yeah, which is kind of fun. But he said he had to go into work because something flooded. So I was like, yeah. you own a nursery, but then what does that have to do with flooding? I think maybe it was like something that was feeding the plants. You know, some sort of okay. watering resource. <laughs> a watering resource. Okay, perfect, Megan. I need, I, I need no further explanation. <laughs> No, because I thought we I thought we were dealing with some sort of house, but we were dealing with a plant situation. Yes. So while he's gone, Ivy is like upstairs in the attic. Again, this woman is so pregnant. How is she walking three flights of stairs? I couldn't even do that when I'm able-bodied. Yes, I did compare pregnancy to not being able-bodied. But <laughs> sorry. Um, but she gets glass in her foot and then she like uh. goes and vacuums it up. Now were you like, that's the swan? I didn't put that together. Oh, okay. I just thought I was like, something is going on just yeah. because this place is a mess, right? Like it almost yeah. even took me a second to realize it was glass. I also hated the camera, like did a close up on the glass. No, it was like very upsetting. I was like, don't show me that. The fact that she got glass in her foot went down. She has to do sort of like a home alone walk, you know, and he's definitely like the nail and he like can't. So she and then she goes back up to clean. I'm like, no, at this point, she's pregnant enough. She has grounds to just be like, David, we're moving. (laughs) David comes back from whatever water resource emergency he had. And I thought he was covered in poop. (laughs) I thought it was truly like a toilet had exploded on him. But it's like mud. She's like, you look like you went mud wrestling. And I'm like, is that poop on him? But it was, <laughs> I just want anyone who's watching along at home to know it was not poop. It was not poop. But after, you know, they get into a little bit of a fight because, of course, he's like, I said I was going to go clean up upstairs. And she's like, well, I got glass on me and I had to handle it, you know. And so things are tense with them. But you don't really know what the deal is because part of me is like, David, why are you being salty? It's also like yeah. you're the one who left and is now back in mud. Nobody, you can't help anybody right now until you help yourself, David. Okay. But then that night, she has another nightmare about the baby. She's afraid the baby's not moving. And she's also freaking out because she realizes she doesn't have this necklace that her grandmother gave her, which she's like, can't find my necklace. It's gone. Put it on the sink there the other night. Well, it's not there now. You know, she just kind of just has an emotional attachment to it and thinks it's helping her. So again, can we clock this? We say steak knife. We say toothbrush. Now we say auntie necklace or grandma necklace is gone. That's a lot. That's a lot. Three items. Three items. So they're going into the doctor's office and they do hear a heartbeat very strong. The baby is good. And then we learn that she's had not one, but two miscarriages. And it sounds like the miscarriages probably happened late. Very late. Yeah. And they don't know why they happened, but this time it's not going to happen. And it's like, what? Yeah. (laughs) I'm on Ivy's side. This is not, this is not reassuring enough. I know. So then they get home and there's, a cop there, plainclothes detective. He's up front. He's looking through all their yard sale 
junk. Like leftovers on the sidewalk, which I was like, what? But then he tells him he's looking for Melinda White. You seen this woman? That's Melinda White. You know her? She was at the same high school as us. And you last saw her? Saturday morning. She was at our yard sale. Did something happen to her? That's what I'm trying to find out. And like, you can see him. He's like, really? Hmm. Huh. I know. Uh, Detective know. Blanchard has a real attitude. To me, he comes in real hot. He comes in real judgy in a way that I felt like, why don't you actually? Like, he comes in, I think, with his plan already, right? And yeah. is not trying to they hear did anything not. And so then he asks what Melinda was wearing. And Dave is like, mm, I don't know. And Ivy's able to, like, describe it to a T, which is, like, probably how I would be, you know? But, but to me, I was like, it was so specific that I was like, okay, are we about to reveal she has a superpower? Is right. she, like, on the spectrum? I was like, why does she remember it so perfectly? I thought it would come into play as, like, something she uses later. But no, it's just a thing she remembers. I'm wondering if it's just, like, you're pregnant, you've seen all the maternity wares there are out there, and she's in a maternity top you haven't seen. And so then you're like, where did this little blue Florida Lee come from? And so <laughs> Detective Blanchard is like, did it look like this? And he pulls the exact shirt out of their yard stale like junk pile and it's covered in blood. Y'all, y'all, what? It don't even make no, ha- no sense. No. I said, who took her? T- so someone killed her, but took her top off. But we don't have a body. <laughs> well, took a bloody top and then put the top in a bag, but left and- the bag out front. It's like, This is not how murders happen. Ivy's initial response is like, Look, I think the fact that there was blood in her clothes means that she went into labor. I think we should be calling all the hospitals. And it's like, that's not how that works either. (laughs) (laughs) What? She so she started bleeding from her tum tum? Like it's like what a it's like what a baby would describe as labor. So then later we cut to them. They're in their house, and friend Theo, who's running for office, turns out he's gonna be their lawyer. And I said, oh, good Lord. I'm already like, is Theo the right lawyer? And he basically listens as Detective Blanchard is really aggressive. And then he also shows them the piece of the broken swan that Ivy had given Melinda at the yard sale. And that was in their attic. Yeah, that's what she stepped on. So, so, okay. David, up until this point, has said, Oh, I took Melinda around the house. Then she left. Nothing, 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 nothing. But now, after the cops leave, <laughs> David re- reveals a little something on the front porch. Listen to this. So what did actually happen with Melinda in the attic? Nothing. I, I took her up there, and she was talking about all the things she used to do up there, play jacks, whatever. And then she just starts going off about her mother and how crazy her mother was and how awful high school was. And then she starts crying, and she throws a swan on the ground. It shatters, the glass goes everywhere. So I went downstairs to get a broom. I couldn't find one at first. By the time I did, I go back up there. She's gone. So I just swept it up and went back down to the yard sale. Okay. Okay. Okay, so at this point, then my theory is Mindy had a breakdown and then she hid in the dumb waiter and gave birth in a crawl space. What's going on? At this point, my theory is Mindy is crazy. Well, this absolutely. Is a, this is a crazy bitch. And David did something to her in high school. And yeah. she has come back to exact revenge. Yes, 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 yes. Absolutely. But she would look like she was so into him. Like when she was looking at him, though, it looked like Love. lovey. She didn't look mad. And so then I was like, this is why then I was thinking, is she trying to like live in their house or something? Oh, yeah. Right? Because right. then I'm like, what are you doing? Because it doesn't, because again... Here's the thing. With Lifetime, once you see one person live beneath a bed, you think everyone wants to live beneath a bed. So it's like, how would she fit? I don't know. (laughs) I'm not fully convinced that she's pregnant Mm -hmm. at this point. Um, But there is a thin line in life and in Lifetime. Wow. Um, Between love and I want revenge against you. That's very true. That's true. Love and revenge. Thin line. Okay. So she had a breakdown and we and now she's missing and there's blood. So everyone is sort of up in the air, but we feel like Detective Blanchard has circled in on the roses and is not going to let go. No, absolutely not. I mean, to be fair, yes, they do seem to be the last people who saw her and there's broken an item of hers. I'm broken in their home. Broken glass. Broken glass. 
Do you think Mindy's singing that? (laughs) (laughs) So we cut to a team of people like, you know, volunteers are looking for Mindy in a field. Yeah, pregnant white woman. I mean, (laughs) Patrice O'Neill was right, okay? (laughs) They're going to look for her. They're looking. And back at home, we see David and Theo talking and they kind of hint at a problem with Melinda in their high school past. So what was Melinda's deal, huh? What else did she say to you up there? Just stuff about high school. That I remember what happened in high school. Well, you better hope the cops don't start asking about that. They're going to twist it all around on you. And then Ivy sees in their yearbook that Melinda was voted, quote, most popular. Yeah. So immediately we know that she was actually... Obviously, this is somebody they didn't even remember when they saw her in person. She was awkward and uncomfortable as an adult. And so it was not like things were great to start with. And so immediately to me, I'm like, oh, that's a sex thing. Oh, see, I... I thought immediately it was a sex thing. I clocked it as like, oh, we've got a carry situation on our hands. Mm -hmm. You know, they elected her prom queen and then they dumped a bunch of blood on her. I see, I see. So it's like they said she was most popular to mock her because she was, in fact, not popular at all. And it really was, you know, it's like heartbreaking. I know. I mean, it was so evil, but it's funny because I guess I've been watching too much of these and too much true crime because I immediately was like, it had to do with like hooking up with boys and then being like, she's popular. And it's like, oh, see, I I think we're both right in the sense of they're making fun of her. Yes. No, 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 of course. I'm just saying like my brain goes to the darker place is my point. You know, I have, it's sick. But I'm like, doesn't. Doesn't everyone vote on on senior superlatives? Like they got the whole class in I, on it. Maybe someone just worked in the yearbook. You know that's power. That's oh true. my! If you have a friend that works on the yearbook in high school, <laughs> you got the keys to the castle, honey. <laughs> then okay, we see she's most popular in the yearbook. But then Detective Blanchard goes to Melinda's house, and her apartment looks like a college dorm. Like yeah. it's very mess. It's very um empty, bare bones. Like that kind of just functional, you know, dresser and like all that kind of stuff. It just looks kind like, of like real waters vibe. Yeah. Like it's yeah. like doesn't even feel fully inhabited. Exactly. And he sees a picture of David, David Rose on her fridge yeah. and calls the DA's office. Did you ever mention a boyfriend? No. Nope. Yeah. Give me the DA's office. <laughs> it's like the only thing in her house. Not a fork, not a knife, not a spoon. A photo of David on the fridge. But also, here's my thing about it, you guys. The photo of David, it is not a posed photo of David looking at the camera. It is clearly a long lens photo taken by a stalker. David looking off in the distance, clearly coming out of his office. It's not like it's a picture that the man consented to. Exactly. Exactly. To me, if anything, it shows she was obsessed with him. But Detective Lynch an idiot. And kind of a jerk. A real jerk. He's like an asshole. Okay, so... The next day, Ivy wants to go looking for Melinda because she still is like, she's in labor. It's sweet, Ivy. Um, <laughs> and David is like, no, we're not doing that. This is like not our problem. And she's like, you learned the place, whatever. And so he's tr- he's kind of being like shady. I have important things to do today. I got- David, what could possibly be more important than Melinda's missing? You don't seem that concerned. And then it's revealed that he's actually hiding a surprise baby shower from her because she didn't want to have one because she was so nervous. About, like, jinxing it, almost. Right, right. So then it turns out we're having the baby shower, the surprise baby shower, at the nursery where he works. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh, you guys are amazing. What do you think of this, Megan? Baby shower in the nursery. So I actually think it's quite nice. We threw my baby shower at my husband's work. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm, like, for it. And I understand why she didn't want to have one. But then it's also tricky because they did sort of like force her to have one. But she does seem happy. And then they barely had, they don't even have time to get the party started when basically a full-on SWAT team led by Detective Blanchard show up at the nursery. For a baby shower. What the hell do you think you're doing coming to my place of business when my wife's having a baby we shower? We got a warrant huh? to search uh, the premises. Fine, you got a warrant. Let's just take it outside. No, no, no. I want his ass out of here. Hey, why don't you show a little common courtesy, little integrity? Cough him. Y'all, with a warrant at the baby shower? Okay, we, this is too much. This is too much. We need to take, take a break because this is a wild. This got wild. Hi. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Okay, and we're back. We are with the police at a baby shower at a nursery. Just an FYI, the rest of the recap will contain some references to sexual assault and animal cruelty. So just want to flag that for everybody that's listening. Yeah, this movie does get dark, dark, dark. And you know what? It really does. I'm going to say it starts off with the SWAT team, okay? Because they find what they believe is Melinda's tote bag in the garbage bin behind the nursery and inside is a bloody knife from Ivy at David's house. Didn't Rose's wife say Melinda White was carrying a white bag? Yeah. I can put that son of a bitch in a car right now, take him down the station. And so here's my thoughts on that. You cannot arrest someone at a baby shower. That is <laughs> devious. That is mm -hmm. insane. Wait until they leave. Like, truly, even if someone did something to me, I'm saying, let them leave the baby shower because that's bad juju on the baby, on the, the gifts. What are, like, he's going to leave. He doesn't live there. I'm also like, it's a whole, like, I was like, you got like, also you got 30 people in here, right? Like SWAT team's coming in there. You're about to knock over poor Mrs. Bindle. It's like, it doesn't make sense that you would bring in SWAT for a married couple, one of one of whom works in a nursery and the other whom is like nine months pregnant. So it's like crazy. So David ends up staying and I think Theo stays with him and Jody is driving Ivy home and they have a chat about Melinda mm -hmm. and we learn this little something. Listen to this. You haven't seen her in all these years. Huh. I have. Where? Um, at the library once. And the hospital a few times. Like when Riker was born and... When I came to see you after, after your miscarriage. What was she doing at the hospital then? Oh, well, she used to work there in one of the labs. Oh, and I saw her once in... Where? Where'd you see her? Uh, it doesn't matter. Of course it matters. She's missing. Um, I uh, saw her at Rose Gardens. Okay. 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 So... Okay, so here's the thing where I'm realizing Melinda worked at the hospital where Ivy went after her miscarriages and yeah. she's hanging out at the nursery. I don't know how y'all didn't see this woman. She's been out here this whole time. I know. And it's one of this is one of those movies where like we kind of know what's really going on the whole time. Yeah. And everyone in the film is like, where is she? And it's like she's in cuckoo land. That's where yeah. she is. Yeah. Um, so we're just kind of getting to watch a bunch of people be tricked by someone that's like not even that good at tricking them. But I felt bad because I'm watching like this very already scared pregnant woman like be put through the ringer. Like yeah. I kept oh. being like, this is going to induce labor. Like I just kept feeling like all this insanity. A I was thousand. like, it was too scary for me. A thousand. And at this point, I'm basically like the key takeaway from this film is be nice in high school. You know, because if you're nice in high school, no one's going to come and try and kill you and your baby. So the next day, Ivy goes to the grocery store and she runs into another old friend from high school. Who says, you look huge. <laughs> so if there's anyone that needs to be killed in this film, it's random man in the produce aisle. Oh, my gosh. And he, we get another hint at some of like the darkness that may have happened in high school. Listen to this. It's pretty ironic if you ask me if they actually suspect him of doing anything to her. Because... Back in the day, he was the only one who was even halfway nice to her. What, you mean back in high school? Well, yeah, back when we started the Monday Night Bowling thing. Uh, Melinda worked at the bowling alley. And we used to tease her, make fun of her. I mean, we were idiots back then. But not David. He was always Mr. Gentleman. Well, this is the thing. Mm. He's saying David was the only one who was halfway nice to her. So yeah. if David's the only one who was halfway nice to her... Why is now he, why is he being stalked on the prime suspect? Because she became obsessed with him. Yes, I know, Megan, but I'm saying. And trying to steal saying, their life. 
Well, I, I think it's like, I think it's almost like Melinda is doing one thing at this point. This is how I'm feeling. Melinda's doing one thing and the police are so ass backwards that they're like not even fully getting it. Right, right. I mean, speaking of ass backwards, Ivy's like drives home and Detective Blanchard is like waiting for her. What do you want? Good morning to you too. Please. The stress is bad for the baby. Just tell me what it is you want. I need to take you into the station for questioning. Am I under arrest? No. Just need to ask you a few questions with your lawyer present, of course. And I realize what I can't stand about him in this scene. He's such a smirker. He's got this smirk on his face, you know? Yeah. It's like all attitude and smirk. And it's just like, I know everything. And it just is so, like, gross. I can't stand it. And basically, he's asking her to come to the station for questioning. And then for some reason, they bring David in. To watch. To watch her questioning. Now, how is that legal? That's not legal. Yeah, because it's insane. He's like behind the two-way mirror, just like watching yeah. her. And he, Detective Blanchard, lists all of this evidence, like copious amounts of evidence, to the point where I'm like, this is too obvious. Like, <laughs> you're an idiot. It, like, this is clearly some sort of framing because it's like, we found this here. And th like, it's every single piece of evidence they ever needed. Inside the bag, we also found a knife. It matches the set in your kitchen. We discovered blood on the knife. And bits of fetal tissue. Fetal tissue on the knife in the bag, in Melinda's bag. So tell me, y'all, let's think about this. So this means that we in a world where David takes Melinda upstairs to look around the house, stabs her in the belly, yeah, carries her down the three flights of stairs in the middle of this yard sale, puts her, puts her what, in the car, like takes her away somewhere, goes to work, takes the knife and her bag of stuff and just puts it in the trash. Like, doesn't burn it, doesn't it at his own work. I was like, this don't make no sense. And then the picture of David, and Detective Blanchard shows Ivy the picture of David that was on Melinda's fridge. And we learned that Melinda told everyone that he was the father of her baby. Yeah. But I said, the father of your baby is not in long lens <laughs> photographs. Like this. Can you imagine? It's it would honestly make more sense if someone was like, "Oh, this is the father of my baby," and opened up an Us Weekly to a picture of Ryan Gosling. <laughs> that would be more believable than, than the photo that she is showing people. And then there's some voicemail. Yes, on on Melinda's phone from David. Are you there? So I will say that is the bombshell for me. That voicemail yeah, that is the bombshell. Stupid, David. That was stupid. I was like, David, what are you doing? What is the bombshell? So obviously what? They were upstairs in the attic and had some sort of conversation, maybe. Yeah. You know? And then there's like some discussion about like the Cayman Islands. He was doing something in the Cayman oh, Islands. Oh, yes. They're like, it looks like you bought a plane ticket. The Cayman Islands, always suspicious. And the mm -hmm. thing is, it's a beautiful travel destination. But if you're doing something that came in, you're doing something shady. Absolutely. I went to the Caymans with my parents and I got sun poisoning and I had the pleasure of watching Joe Dirt three <laughs> days in a row because that's all I was playing on TV. Oh my God. So after this, you know, hellish reveal in the police station, Theo drives Ivy home. Again, Theo, the quote unquote friend who's like, I'll be your lawyer. But he then tells her not to say anything because basically what they all found out is like, you know, they knew Melinda in high school. She worked at the bowling alley where all the teens used to hang out at. Mm -hmm. And she used to have a crush on David when they were younger. And Theo was like, It was no big deal. But if the cops find out about it, they're going to make it a big deal. Yeah. You can't say anything. That's when I was like, this baby about to pop out from the stress. Because you're telling me your lawyer is telling you to hide evidence, right. basically. And not, like, not reveal a past with who you think a, a presumably deceased woman. And yeah. they're like, he's like, don't say anything. I'm no, like, that new is lawyer. not good lawyering. No, you need a new lawyer. This is a conflict of interest because Theo was involved in hanging out at the bowling alley too. Exactly. You know, he's too close to the case. Exactly. So, of course, there the discovery of that Cayman Islands ticket, like you were talking about. And so then Ivy goes to the prison to talk to David. And she tells him about the plane ticket. And he's like, now, do you honestly think that I could take a pregnant woman up into our attic while dozens of people are walking around our yard and stab her in the belly. 
do you think that I waited until you were asleep? And then I took her body somewhere else, but I brought her clothes back, and then I put them in the trash can. I mean, even if you thought that I was that sick, do you think I could be that stupid? And Ivy is like, David, they're telling me you killed someone. I don't care what they're telling you. Like, she does not trust him. It's a Now, did you think that was a little quick? Yeah. Especially because we're looking at the evidence going, I mean, I guess what is sort of damning is the not not necessarily for David, as you're saying, the garage sale and everything happening, but the fact that there was fe fetal tissue yeah. on the knife is like, ugh, that's really scary. Right. I don't think that necessarily points to David, but it is scary. I think to me, I think the damning part is, one, the fact that it was like, she came in the house, had like freaked out and was just gone. But you never told your wife that. And then yeah. the fact is the voicemail on her phone. Because it's like, what did you want to talk to her about, David? Right. Right? Like, that's what we need to have a conversation about. It's like, what were you calling Melinda to discuss? Yeah, because it didn't have plant energy no. to the call. You know, right. it had like something's up. Exactly. And that's, <laughs> that, I think that's what kind of bothered me is that she never, Ivy never asked that question. You see what I'm saying? Like, as opposed yeah. to being like, you're bad. I'm like, ask your husband what the deal is with him and Melinda from high school. <laughs> right. So the next day, Phoebe, the dog, is barking. And so Ivy's like, Phoebe, what's up? <laughs> Miss <gasps> Mrs. Bindell? Can you hear me, Mrs. Bindell? And Mrs. Bindell is on the ground unconscious. Mrs. Bindell, you guys. I am devastated. Not the old woman. Not elder abuse. Exactly. I was like, I'm sorry, what? And then, of course, Detective Blanchard comes over and he's like, You can see through half the windows in your house from the front here. Maybe she saw something she wasn't supposed to see the day Melinda White went missing. I was like, make it make sense. Ivy's like, okay, this obviously, this is a notch in the David didn't do it column because he's locked up and she was attacked. Exactly. And he's like, no, I think um, he probably had one of his landscapers. Like, it's like, <laughs> this is not a criminal ma mastermind, okay? Exactly. This man hawks geraniums for a living. <laughs> and so Ivy decides she takes the little dog Phoebe into her care. Which yeah. I would have done as well. I would have said, give me the old lady's dog. And Phoebe is like so ugly, she's cute. You know, like her <laughs> hair is scraggly. Yeah, she's it's a like, wispy little thing. It's one of those dogs where you're like, is she 17? And they're like, no, she's two. You know, like <laughs> she is so funny. And I'm so happy to have her, but she is a very silly looking dog. She is. She looks like a kind of, she looks like a little rat and I love her. <laughs> but... Then, you know, after all this happens, you know, this gives Ivy a new resolve because she's basically like, again, the proof that David didn't do it because he's locked up. Who is out here trying to hurt Mrs. Bindle? There's someone out here and we need to find that person to yeah. get our answers. Now, sidebar, did you notice there was a moment where Ivy is putting down dog food for little Phoebe and then she gets up real easy? She like literally does a deep lunge and just like gets up. I was like, that is so fake. Every movement she made, I was like, no. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, at this point in the pregnancy, I'd be like, arrest DJ, arrest David, I'm taking a nap. You know, like, <laughs> I'm, like we, we're entering the part of the film where she basically goes on a pregnant heist, Ocean's Eleven style. And it's like, <laughs> Ivy, you need to put your feet up and eat a snack, okay? Yeah, absolutely. We do get the dog barking at the base of the stairs, like looking yeah. up the stairs barking. And it's, yes, stranger under the bed, living yes. in my house vibes. <laughs> Hello? What's going on, Phoebe? It's like, I know this isn't your dog. You gotta trust the dog. If yeah. a dog is barking at something, maybe it's right. a raccoon. Right. Maybe it's a mouse. Maybe but there's something. it's a pregnant woman who's living in your house. Exactly. Oh my gosh, that was a nursery rhyme. Maybe it's a raccoon. Maybe it's a mouse. Maybe it's a pregnant woman living in your house. <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> Lifetime Tales for Children. Yes, Henny. Megan, that's our first book. That's our first wow, book. Wow, cute. It's never too early to realize dangers all around you. Oh, gosh. So she ignores the dog, though. She not just ignores her, leaves her there to then sneak into Jody's car. And Jody's like, where are we going? And she's like, to break into Melinda White's apartment. We have to start somewhere, Jody. And I'm sorry, I am not breaking and entering with your pregnant ass. The cops on your tail, and you want me to break into somebody's house? Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna put on a, a mask and then waddle away from the scene. <laughs> I mean, and also. 
also, you're going to go in our house and what, get your fingerprints all over everything? And now this isn't the squatter's weird dorm house. Yes, this is. Which was like an apartment. This is Melinda's. No, no, no. This is the first place, remember? Oh, I thought this was like her house from high school. They go to the apartment first. Uh-huh. Okay, yes. And they and they see and what Mel- what Ivy notices. She goes, yeah, you know what else isn't here? There's no baby stuff, no maternity clothes. This is not where a pregnant woman lives, which I said to myself, you already better than Detective Blanchard. Thank you. I'm like, what? This is how little men know about women's bodies. Exactly. So then after that, they go to Melinda's mother's house. Thank you. Thank you. And they find a key that's like up there. And I know you hate how white people just leave keys willy nilly wherever. I say you, whatever happens, it's on you. It's on you. And I said, this is the second break into the night. And that's what these two gals are up to. Ivy and Jody just breaking in all over town. So they go into the house and they're like, oh, what is that smell? Oh, hello. Is there anybody here? Bad sign. Yep. Yep. And they're kind of freaked out because they're like, it looks exactly like we did when we were kids. It's like, yeah, a lot of people don't redecorate. Okay. But also I'm like, wait, did you go to little Melinda's house? I thought y'all weren't friends. That's why I was like, I think it was Jody who was saying like Jody, like lived by her and maybe was like forced on a play date once or something. Oh yeah. One of those vibes. um, They go into Melinda's bedroom and there is what? Come on now. Brian to David. Hello, pics of David all over the mirror. And then there's journals, diaries. There always are. There always. always are. Always. And they're flipping through it. They find it very fast that there are hints about something that happened at the bowling alley. May 2nd. Theo followed me into the girls' washroom. He asked if I was going to tell anyone about what happened in the bowling alley. What happened in the bowling alley? Uh, I pretended I didn't know anything, so I go away, but I remember, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so then, and then, like, and this is when Ivy starts to kind of put it together where she's like, Theo has something to do with this because he's been too, he's been too, like, obsessed with us not mentioning high school. Yeah. This on him. This on yeah. him. Something going on with Theo's ass. And so then she, like, goes to the bathroom to throw up. She's so upset. And then not only does she start to go into labor, she uh-huh. finds what she thinks is Melinda's body in the bathtub. I think I found Melinda's body. Oh my God. Oh, I also think that I'm in labor. In like ice. On ice. On ice. And we only see toes. Just toes. Um, but I didn't think it was Melinda. No, because if we're Those only toes seeing were too toes. Janky. Also, if Lifetime is only showing us toes, then it's not the person we think it right, is. Right. But she doesn't pull back the curtain. No, no, no. But she freaks out. But it's like she's, and I said, I'm like, great. And now she's going into labor because of the stress yeah. of all this stuff. But to me, I thought, I was like, I thought it was Melinda's mom and that Melinda had been living in her house like Norman Bates style. That would like, make I a lot of sense. Melinda was very much like also pretending to be her mother. Because remember, there's also this whole time Detective Blanchard is getting calls from Melinda's sister, a woman who lives in Florida who's like, basically like, are you finding, are you finding out who did this? Are you finding out who did this? You know, He's keeping him hot on the trail because, yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, okay. So then I thought, okay, maybe like Melinda's mom, you know, she just like is pretending to be her mom for the social security checks. I don't know. So Jody rushes Ivy to the hospital and I did get kind of jealous because they get to rush in and be like, there's a woman in labor here. Please, we need help. And I didn't have that. I showed up and was like, (laughs) 8 p.m., time for my appointment. <laughs> but they get her in there, and, you know, she's she's really having the contractions. They're really close together. And then a woman <laughs> in, like, you know, scrubs with a mask over her face. It's like co- fa- it's COVID attire, but we're not in COVID. We're in 2011. Exactly. But the woman sounds just like Clea Duvall. Identical. I'm sorry. You know that husky voice. You know yeah. the Duvall voice. And she, she's like, injects her with something, basically like, oh, no, just something to help protect the baby from the drugs. Five minutes later, the contractions stop. Yeah. She's no longer in labor. I, I was very worried. I was like, because the thing is, it's, and, and we say this all the time, why are, why are there just so many random people walking around hospitals doing things? I mean, um, I'm like, where's really Jody? Jody was in the bathroom. Like, it wasn't even, <laughs> it, Jody hadn't even gone to get a snack. Jody was in the room. Just taking a pee pee or a poo poo. And I'm like, did you not hear this? Did you not hear this person come in? Do you not know what's going on? Did you not hear Mindy? Thank you. And then, and then, and then basically the contractions stop. And then the guy's like, and then the doctor's like, every once in a while, we do get a baby who changes his mind, decides to wait for a better birthday. Jody's butt. She goes, okay, I left you some clothes. I'll see you later. 
this is, I told you I never liked Jody. Wow. And you telling me your best friend, whose husband is currently in prison for a suspected murder, who about to have a baby any moment now, had almost went into labor, and you said, here's some clothes. Bye. Yeah. Also, you I'm guys, sorry. You, you guys just found a dead body together. Don't you think, like, don't you want to be Hello. at the hospital? Hello. Jody has Hello. like that has like a one and a half year old who seems like a lot. I'd be staying at the hospital. Thank you. I just didn't understand. I was like, you are not a real friend. So then oh, the next boy. morning in the hospital, Ivy wakes up to find Theo just standing over watching her. her. No, <laughs> thank like, you. I was like, no, thank you. Not. Can we get a garden here, please? Thank you. And so she quickly is like gets Paige as a nurse and is like, get him out of here. <laughs> like, yes. And she gets dressed. And on her way out, she runs into Detective Blanchard. He's just at the hospital. <laughs> and, you know, and he's like, It was her mother. I thought her mother lived in Florida. That's what we were told by her sister. And now suddenly she's unreachable. You nailed it, Naomi. You. you are better than Detective Blanchard. And so am I. I mean, it's not hard to be better than his lazy ass. Okay? He has one theory and he's going to ride that all the way. And it's like, this is why the Innocence Project exists. Okay? Because of Detective Blanchard's. So at home, Ivy gets back to her house. Uh, and, and she's like, Phoebe, what are you doing? And Phoebe's in the baby's crib and she's bloody. And this is why, you know, I just ask, I don't ask for much in this podcast, Megan. But with the state of the world, I don't need to tune in to dead dogs, okay? Well, the good news is Phoebe's not dead. No, she is. Nuh-uh. That dog was cut. Open, I, thought she, I thought she just was wounded. First of all, as you said, that was a tiny little rat dog. You think oh, you could stab no. that little dog and that dog just going to keep a licking and keep on ticking? Well, I mean, I... I, I the, no, the, Megan. The one kind of... This is horrible. I'm I'm mourning. I'm grieving. The fact that Ivy was like, Phoebe, what do you do? You think Phoebe climbed into a baby crib? <laughs> Ivy, come on, girl. <laughs> But then, I mean, and again, I still don't even understand why that was necessary. Because basically, when Ivy is looking over the crib, Melinda pops up behind her and, a, and injects her with something. Ah! Ah! Melinda! Oh, you recognize me this time. She's got a syringe filled with God knows what. Knocks her out. Ivy wakes up. She's tied to the nursery bed in the attic. Yeah. And we get that sweet, sweet murderer's monologue. It would have been inconvenient if you had had my baby there. This is not your baby! But I've been pregnant all these months. Oh my God, you were never pregnant. Turns out, of course, Melinda's not at all pregnant, but she does have a story to tell. And that is intercut with Detective Blanchard talking to Theo and David. So between Melinda's story and the detective, we finally get the past. Listen to this. Melinda writes about a day when her boss left her alone at the alley and a bunch of knuckleheads came in with a case of beer and asked her if she wanted to keep score. David was so sweet to me that day, especially after the guys sprayed beer all over me, got me all wet. She says that after some kind of beer fight, you took her into a back room. Never happened. It's all in there. She talked about the smell of your cologne. The chain around your neck that kept hitting her in the face. Chain, I didn't wear a chain. Woo, woo, woo. A chain, I didn't wear a chain. And then Detective Blanchard and David <laughs> look right over at Theo, who's wearing a chain at that very moment. Of course, and what is it? Across. I said not only is he a rapist, but his fashion hasn't changed since high school. And you see, he had the nerve to be running for office. You see? He said, I'm a, Theo said, I would like to run for office. It does make me sad, though, and I'm, this is not victim blaming at all, even though Melinda is going on to try and kill someone, that Melinda thought it was David. You know, like, the yes. one person nice to her ever, then she also was like, he raped me, too. How horrible is that? Well, I know, but this is what's so crazy, because basically, like, Theo basically took advantage of her being drunk, right? And yeah. made her think it was David doing it and not him. And then I'm assuming, too, for her, part of part of like how she coped with this is that she like, you know what I mean? Like she kind of had a psychosis. She was like, 
it was it was David and he loves me, right? Because that's going to help her handle this trauma. Yeah. So we find out she ended up getting pregnant. And from that assault when she was a teen. This is horrible. And her mom made her have an abortion and that's partially why she killed her. Oh, you know, this movie gets real, real dark in the last 20 minutes, you guys. And then Ivy starts to have contractions because it turns out Melinda had injected her with Pitocin. Pitocin. That's what I was injected with. Because to induce, right? Like that's how you induce. Yes. And basically when she was at the hospital, like the night before, Melinda basically gave her something to stop the contractions. She was like, no, we have to. She has to have the baby at home. Where I can get it. So I can steal it. Yeah. So she wants her at home in her house to deliver the baby. Walt, I mean, I'm like, this is a lot. This is really horrible. Cause she, and she keeps saying my baby. My I know. Baby. I was like, oh God. My baby. And I'm just thinking to myself, this woman is not, she has not been mentally well since this incident. And here she is in her thirties. And I'm like, no one clocked it. There's no one around. Like, I don't know how she stayed working in the medical lab this long. I think, unfortunately, no one cared about Melinda. And that's Mm. what's really probably at the heart of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was hard for me to say. Okay. So her contractions are starting. Melinda leaves the room for a little bit. I don't know if she's going to make a sandwich. Yeah. (laughs) And Ivy's able to get out of the restraints. And then goes into the dumbwaiter. I knew that was going to come back. Oh my God, and it's like it. inching down it like she's freaking Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. And she is actively in labor, y'all. In labor. Actively in labor, crab walking down a shaft. I said, Ivy, you're a fighter, honey. Melinda finds her on of like course. the, Melinda like on the third floor looks down, sees <laughs> her, runs down to the second floor, drags her out of the dump. I'm only laughing because it's truly it's a crazy fight. I will, but I will say too, one of the best lifetime fights I've ever seen. Yes. Like I was like, it's, of course it defies all laws of God and man, but it was actually so wild. And I felt like they use the space because you're like, how is this going to happen? Like, how is she going to actually get her? And it's like, literally this woman is like in, like having contractions and yes. she's just like yanking her out. And, and then Ivy like manages to t- take like the medical bag that Melinda that, has. Yeah, with all her little tricks in it. Yep. And then she like starts stabbing Melinda with whatever the syringes are. She's like, well, I don't know what's in here, but I'm just yeah. going to stab her with it. And she's I was like, like, here's a syringe. Here's a syringe. <laughs> I mean, she's playing darts, basically. It and is. I'm like, oh my God, Melinda got her ass kicked by a woman in labor. I know. This is what I mean. Not a mastermind, but at the same time, a very complicated plan she had. You know? But she's yeah. not a fighter. Cut to Ivy arriving at the hospital with Jody, who I guess is now a friend again. Yeah, she's and then- back in it. She's back in it. And then as Ivy is being wheeled away, Jody calls Detective Blanchard. And then you see Detective Blanchard answering the phone. Detective Blanchard, please. Frank, listen to this. Blanchard. And then cut to David entering the delivery room. And I go, well, he got out fast. He got out fast. <laughs> I said, honey, there's no processing. There's no processing. <laughs> Was there bail? Did he get his pants? Did he change? I mean. He said, I went straight from jail to the birth of my first child. <laughs> Can you imagine? I bet it happens I a lot. <laughs> I bet it happens a lot. Oh, my God. Then we cut to Melinda in a prison jumpsuit, handcuffed, sitting in the back seat of Detective Blanchard's car. And they have a convo. And this made me laugh out loud. Listen to this. Can I tell you something? I don't have a sister. You never guessed it was me you were talking to every day, did you? I knew I could get away with it. <laughs> I, la- I swear to God. <laughs> you telling me, Detective Blanchard, <laughs> she, this woman, is from the town you work in. <laughs> everybody from high school stayed in this town and knows everybody else. And yet you couldn't verify if she had an actual sister. Or ever think to interview her mother? <laughs> I mean. Who was dead on ice in a bathtub. You couldn't go into her house once. You're telling, exactly. I was like, you're telling me you're looking for this woman. He cares so much about her. He's like, oh my God, she's pregnant. She's so delicate. You don't think to check the mom's house? You would have found a body on ice and it would have changed the whole game. I it's mean, like, <laughs> I can't. I screamed. I also love, too, that Melinda's like, this guy's such a damn idiot. I'm going to tell him every single thing. <laughs> like, usually in Lifetime, we get 
the killer, the 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 crazy person admitting to the victim. Yeah. No, in this one, she's like, I'm admitting to the cops and I bet I'll forget to write it down. <laughs> he sucks at his job and at being a person. Oh my God. And all of this conversation is intercut with Ivy in labor. And then we see that she does, you know, for all the worrying she had about this baby and the entire circumstances surrounding it, somehow they do give birth to a healthy baby girl. And that's the movie. That's the movie. Wow. It ends with just them holding a healthy baby girl in the hospital. Melinda, I don't know. She's, you know what? Melinda's a planner. I think that she will she'll get be coming. Out. She's going to get out on good behavior. She'll get and out and hopefully she'll kill Theo. <laughs> because it's like, I bet I bet what happens after the credits said that we don't see is Theo still gets elected to public office. <laughs> They're like, this is a man that we need as state attorney general. <laughs> I cannot. I was also just, I'm like, I'm, it's just so crazy though. If anything, actually, I would have wanted a little more of Theo because, like, the you get the whole Melinda monologue. I actually want the Theo monologue because you know he's a psychopath, and I would have loved the monologue. You want justice to be served exactly. in his case as well. Exactly. I also wonder, you know, like they have the baby. You're so the fact that she had two miscarriages and then had a baby survive all of this. You're like, I don't know what's going on in that body. Exactly. <laughs> You wonder the conversations, you know, they get the baby home. They love the baby. They're caring for it. At some point, David's going to be like, you thought I killed a pregnant woman. <laughs> exactly. exactly. You so, thought I killed a pregnant woman. You thought I was a rapist. Like, how are we going to get through that as a couple? Like, yeah, how do we like, go on? I'm going to, how about we say you get through breastfeeding and then maybe we need to seek out some couples therapy <laughs> and maybe we should sell the house. Also, is Mrs. Bindle okay? That's my other question, too. I mean, she was unconscious, but they didn't say she was dead. And I said, and also, what? Mrs. Bindle, she's going to wake up and find out her dog was murdered? Ugh. Okay? She's the true victim in all of this. She's already lost her husband. She lost her husband, got knocked out for no reason whatsoever, and, and her dog got murdered. So we need justice for Mrs. Bindle, Theo behind bars, couples counseling for David and Ivy. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of aftermath. There is. There is. We could definitely have had a sequel to this. We definitely could have had a sequel to this. And do you think the title and Baby Will Fall is like a is talking about when Ivy is in the dumbwaiter and maybe the baby could have fallen directly yes. out of her vagina? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> but it would it would still be attached through the umbilical cord, like some sort of bungee. <laughs> oh my God. That baby would have been cut. She would have been. Like, literally, I was like, is that how the baby is born? With, like, <laughs> Leah Duvall standing on the first floor to catch it? I said, oh, I would not be surprised the way this gosh. movie went. Clea and her fake sister. Oh, my God, you guys. This movie was wild. And I'm going to tell you right now, next week, we're getting even wilder. Okay? Next week, we will be talking about the movie Hider in My House. Excuse me? This is a brand new joint, honey. This is going to be on Lifetime. Let me tell you. This is mystery. This is suspense. This is the story of Molly Bachman, a young best-selling author who buys the apartment of her dreams in the city. As she <laughs> settles in, ready to work on her next novel. She gets the feeling that she's being watched. No. Upon discovering the dark history of the apartment, what <gasps> lies behind the walls leads to a shocking revelation. Oh my gosh. You can watch this in real time, Sunday, July 24th at 8 p.m., only on Lifetime. You know we're going to be here to unpack it with you. I'm already dead. The title Hider in my house. I mean, I I'm mean, already... I, the thing is, I was so jealous that she bought her dream apartment. Mm -hmm. And now it sounds like there's someone living in the walls. Yeah, so yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. maybe this is a cautionary tale about homeownership. Well, I, I was jealous that she was a young, best-selling author. Oh, I said, yeah. Really? Already? But you know what? No, nobody's life is perfect. No. This person has a hider in her house. She's a hider in her house. It doesn't matter. And you know one of my biggest fears is having a hider in my house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, you guys, we cannot wait to get into this movie. I hope you watch it, too. And we will see you next week. I love a Lifetime movie. If you love Lifetime movies as much as we do, tune into Lifetime and LMN to watch all the new and classic movies that we can't get enough of. Check your local listings to find out what's airing on Lifetime and LMN because it just might be the movie we talk about next. And wait, there's more. Check out the new bomb Lifetime podcast, Crime of a Lifetime, where two 
Amazing hosts take you beyond the headlines of a crime and they get into the nitty gritty twists and turns of the story. Mm, That's my jam. This podcast would not be possible if it was just Naomi and me, for sure. Absolutely not. I Love a Lifetime Movie is produced by Aisha Jordan. With sound editing and mixing by the Podglomerate. Executive produced by Jesse Katz. With original music by Blake Maples. And hosted by Naomi and Megan. You should know that by now if you've gotten to this point. You should know that we're the host, okay? <laughs> I, it feels like we don't even need to say it, but we'll put ourselves in the credits. <laughs> 